John saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The Gospel of the Lord. May God's word only be spoken. May God's word only be heard. Amen. Please be seated. Our collect for the day, our prayer for the day is this. Almighty God, whose Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, is the light of the world, grant that your people illumined by your word and sacraments, may shine with the radiance of Christ's glory, that he may be known, worshipped, and obeyed to the ends of the earth. So that's our goal today, to leave, knowing that we can know Jesus, worship Jesus, and obey God to the ends of the earth. No small task, right? That's why we keep coming back here, to be trained, to be prepared. You see, in our readings today, I hear about preparation, 
building up, strengthening. But that restoration doesn't happen without teachers preparing us along the way, right? People preparing our paths for us, being with us in this training process. Jesus didn't do the work that he did alone, and we can't be formed into the people God is calling us to be in isolation. So who in your life has taught you to shine with the radiance of Christ's glory? Who in your life are you teaching to shine with the radiance of Christ's glory? Maybe you teach in the preschool and you open the hearts, eyes, minds, and ears of those little joyful people who bring much activity up here and downstairs. Maybe you have or are making an indelible mark on their lives, teaching them through word and example what shining with that radiance of Christ looks like. That's why we participate at the altar as well. We're participating in that glory and modeling that glory. That's what you do when you sit here, even when your heart is broken, because joy is deeper than grief. But we don't usually fall into this rhythm by ourselves. We have teachers to prepare our paths we hear today at the very end of the gospel reading about Peter. Jesus calls him Cephas, the rock. And as we know um, from our scripture, Peter is that first bishop in the church. And he will be the rock upon which the church is founded, as Jesus says. Yesterday was the, the feast of the confession of St. Peter, and as um, your delegates and your clergy and others from around the diocese gathered at the Cathedral Church of the Advent to celebrate Holy Eucharist, the readings of the confession of St. Peter were those read. And as Bishop Key preached, he talked about Peter being the rock but the irony that sometimes Peter was maybe a wobbly rock, right? Like, Peter was the one who denied Jesus three times. Peter was the one who, during the transfiguration, said, hey, let's build three tents to remember this. And Jesus is like, dude, you're kind of missing it. But how heartening is that? That our foundation is laid upon strength in our vulnerability. And so if you've ever worked with rock before, sometimes you have to chip away a little bit at the rock to make it fit in a wall. And maybe Peter's experiences of being taught and being the teacher chipped away at his wobbliness so that then he fit exactly where God placed him just as a stonemason chips away a little bit as needed to make the stone fit and be strong and secure. 
So in those times of pain and discomfort, we too are being prepared to fit where God needs us so that we're stronger. That's not a justification for going through hard things, let me be clear, because that really hurts. It's not that God wants us to be in pain. And those times of hitting our boundaries are formational experiences. Because we get to join in that wall of God's strength as well. And it's a wall of welcome and of love and foundation so that more rocks can be placed upon that by younger people, by new people, by different people. So Peter is a good teacher for us. For me, as I reflect, I have a lovely children's Sunday school teacher named Zita Vaughn from Montgomery who taught us as four and five-year-olds. She raised us up. She told those Bible stories on like a felt cloth, right? And she modeled Christ's love. She shone with the radiance of Christ's glory. So it's, it's easier to say that folks like Zita, folks in your lives who you think about who have been mentors and guides for you, it's easy to think about those comfortable people what does it mean if someone lowly, a servant, someone different is in that role of teacher? We may not see them as teachers initially. What if it's somebody who's begging at the intersection of 280 and 459, at the intersection as you're waiting to turn on to 280, and they're asking for money? Maybe it's somebody who ambles into the church a little bit intoxicated asking for food. There was a man um, who lived in Homewood um, who was on the border of poverty for sure, um, who frequented downtown Homewood and would come to All Saints when I was a parishioner there many years ago. His name was Doug. Doug didn't always smell good. He sometimes smelled of alcohol and he would ask people for money after church sometimes as we were walking out of the doors, filled with God's love, and that was uncomfortable. <laughs> to live out the gospel, right? Uh, Doug was hit by two cars on Monday night on Highway 31, crossing in Homewood at 29th, and he was killed. Um, his family didn't claim his body, but all saints did. Because you see, Doug considered himself part of the All Saints family, while he didn't look like most of the people who go to All Saints. Um, and sometimes he caused discomfort and like vestry conversations about what are we going to do because he keeps asking for money, right? Um, All Saints is going to have a service of remembrance for Doug because Doug is a part of the body of Christ. And more than one person would tell you that Doug taught people at All Saints about what it means to love God. Maybe Doug was a wobbly rock like Peter. And yet, Doug fits into that wall too. So this week, as you move forward, may you be attentive to how God is chipping away at you so that you fit more into that 
beautiful wall, that foundation of our church. Be attentive to how you are shining the light of Christ as a teacher, and maybe you're also being taught at the same time. So may we welcome our chinks and welcome our vulnerabilities and give thanks that God makes a space for each of us. Amen.